getting your heart rate up, getting just some good old exercise, some good old fashioned sweat, and making this a consistent part of your life has been shown to be equivalent to low levels of anxiety medication. Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. Folks, today we're talking about anxiety. We're going to spend some time mentioning specifically three things you can do today that can make a difference in your life today and you can get started immediately. We'll also have some bonus content at the end for you to uh, look into some extra information if you're looking to do that. Let's go ahead and get started talking about anxiety and what you can do about it. Folks, welcome back to Counselors Can Help. I'm your host, Merrill Fink, an associate clinical mental health counselor in the state of Utah. Today, we're going to start a series of discussions about specific problems that people face. So we're going to start with anxiety. Uh, It's a very common problem. People face it all the time. Something I deal with as a therapist, people come in and either outright say I'm dealing with anxiety or the things they talk about in their life are generally anxiety related and they can take numerous forms. So today's show simply is how to lower anxiety and live the life you deserve now. We're going to start discussing three steps today that you can take that are very basic and will go a long way to helping you and something you would expect to talk about if you were seeing a therapist for this issue. So these are very straightforward ideas and I'll go through each one. At the end, we have a a bonus tip for you. If you're serious about changing your life, there's another resource that you can go to. If you're a self-help kind of person, you may say, gosh, is there a book that would cover this and and somehow help me? And and the answer is yes, there is. And uh, we'll save that for the end. And it's a book that um, has a lot of great information in it and one I truly believe in. So I'll definitely point that out at the end of today's show. Um, Initially, when people come to therapy or counseling, they are looking for a change. They just don't know. They're usually kind of overwhelmed and they really don't have a sense of how therapy, how counseling is really going to help them. They've been told it will help with anxiety, specifically today's subject. Uh, many times they come with other things. Um, we will cover depression down the road here as in a similar format. And interestingly enough, there are many things that are similar to fighting both that are actually quite effective. When you come to a therapist and sit in their office and you talk these issues, it probably won't change your problems, other people, world events, the past or the future. And that may sound kind of shocking and you say, well, I am looking for change here. I don't, why am I coming to you if you can't make any changes here? Um, so the answer is in one way, there is a bit of a change starting to develop when you sit down and talk to someone because you are allowing that person into your life. You're essentially cultivating another team member or a friend or someone who's going to be there with you to walk you through these things. And that's important. And that in and of itself can give you faith and hope going forward. So knowing that there's someone there that you believe in, you feel they believe in you, there's a good trust relationship built. And that's a great, almost immediate calming effect to anxiety by just going and and inviting a professional into your life and and helping you with that. Um, And when I say we won't change the world around you, uh, geopolitics, the past or the future, in many ways, that is true. We're, we're not necessarily going to 
get in the weeds with you about how to handle each and every specific problem, although we can, and sometimes we have to, because there are some things in your life that are, are getting in the way. And, and, and it just happens to be that we can actually do something about those problems or help you how to resolve those problems that are um, most likely dealing with another person, maybe running through some scenarios and, and how to solve that. So many times there is a situation in a person's life that is making them anxious. And if that situation does get resolved, there is some relief. And so that's not discarded. Uh, we're not going to just throw that out, but that's not necessarily the first place we go when we think, hey, we're going to help you with anxiety. Um, most places we go, we're going to help you with some very basic um, steps here and point out some very basic steps that anyone can do and we'll talk about on this show. So I have three strategies today that I want to talk about. And the first one I'll introduce with, do you know what has proven in some studies to be almost as effective as medication in fighting anxiety? Uh, many times people try to get prescribed some medication for anxiety thinking, okay, I just need a little pill here and it'll, it'll help me along. I'm not a doctor. I don't prescribe medication, so I can't really speak to how that would, how that would benefit you exactly. But there are starting to be more and more studies that point out in many cases, there's a thing you can do that is almost equivalent to getting anxiety medication. And that is exercise. Getting out and moving your body in some relatively structured or consistent format, you name it, it doesn't matter what you do, but getting your heart rate up, getting just some good old exercise, some good old-fashioned sweat, and making this a consistent part of your life has been shown to be equivalent to low levels of anxiety medication. Again, we can't say specifically that these one does equal the other because there's always modifications and studies and, and things. Well, we didn't look at that specifically, but it's generally becoming more and more of a belief that if you move your body, this is going to help a lot of ways with your general mood, just as a blanket statement. So that is one thing you can do right away that can help alleviate some stress, alleviate some, uh, just the constant worry and can generally help you with your sleep, which when you get better sleep, generally your mood is better and you're able to handle hard things. So it is, it is one of those things we don't, we can't say specifically what does exercise do molecular level in your body, but there are a lot of co-benefits that come with exercise that it's really hard to quantify Suffice it to say, we believe, professionals are believing more and more that exercise is a major part and could be a major part of your recovery program. It's rarely mentioned because it just seems too obvious, too basic. I don't know. It's not fancy enough, but it's, it's certainly a fine way to begin with by saying, man, I'm just not the person I used to be. I suffer from a lot of emotional problems currently, specifically anxiety. I think I'll start an exercise program. It can't hurt. There's really no downside to doing it. So we've talked about the benefits of exercise and certainly starting your own exercise program is a show in and of itself. Suffice it to say, if you have any health concerns or questions or just want to talk to someone about that, a health professional, do consult your doctor or someone you trust on this issue also, if you're new getting started with exercise, a health and fitness personal trainer is not a bad idea to, again, get some 
professional help, some assistance, get a program that's more tailored to your needs and you'll most likely have a better outcome and one that you are happy with. Now I'm gonna move on to my second strategy for anxiety. But before I do that, I wanna highlight a part from the show that will give you a hint as to how people generally get it wrong. If I can figure out what I did wrong in the past or, or try to control the future somehow and try to control all the variables and somehow make this thing turn out to my advantage, then I will not be anxious. I can tell you that is not a working strategy. Okay, now it's back to the show. Statement number two or idea number two today. Uh, again, start with a question. Do you try to fight with your thoughts to figure out anxiety? Meaning, when you're anxious, do you sit and go, gosh, why am I anxious? Or this is why I'm anxious. If I could just solve this problem, I'd be less anxious, that kind of thing. Um, if you do that, then my statement to you is get ready for anxiety to be worse. I want to let that sink in for a second. If you fight with it in your head and try to solve it and you fight with your thoughts, generally, my opinion, that's not an effective strategy. And I think you probably know that on some level. And most people, I think, understand that that's not working. But instead of saying, well, that's probably not really working, I just need to do it better. I need to do it more. I need to think my way out of my problems and I will somehow then solve my problems. I can, if I can figure out what I did wrong in the past or, or try to control the future somehow and try to control all the variables and somehow make this thing turn out to my advantage, then I will not be anxious. I can tell you that is not a working strategy. I know people do it. I know people attempt to do it and it seems logical and reasonable, but for the most part, that does not work. So you may say, well, hang on. Well, if trying to solve my problems doesn't work, what does? And I'm here to say it's not about not solving your problems. Like I said, if you have things that are specifically that you have influence over and can change, I mean, certainly do that. I would invite you to do that. But generally being in your head, trying to solve your anxiety in your head by going to the future and the past and trying to make yourself more calm, focusing on your emotion and trying to figure out what to do with that is, is, is a losing strategy. What this introduces then is the present moment. And this is a concept that um, I wanna introduce you to that you've probably heard before, being present, what does it do? How can it help? Um, if you go to counselorscanhelp.com in the resources page, there is a, uh, a resource from Eckhart Tolle, a video, and uh, it's one of the first videos up there. It's called The Power of the Present Moment. So go to the resources tab in counselorscanhelp.com and you will see this video. You could also do a search on it on YouTube. And it's a 35-minute video of a guy named Eckhart Tolle who's kind of a guru, if you want to call him that, um, but he's very much a believer in this idea of the present moment. What does that mean? So... Um, the short answer is roughly that this is an idea that we've gotten probably borrowed uh, from Buddhism. Uh, the Buddhists have spent a lot of time thinking about human suffering, mental human suffering, and trying to resolve that over long history. And what they've come to is a, this idea that's been adopted by mental health professionals, and that is this idea of the present moment. 
And what that says is if you can just stay present mentally in whatever you do, that in many times that can vastly improve your your mood and lower anxiety in a very dramatic way. To include depression, other problems. That many times we think ourselves into trouble because we're not present. And not present takes many forms of thinking about the past, what this person did to me, what I should have done, how unfair it was, uh, how unfair everything is. And what you wind up in a cycle of is a cycle of thinking about things that ultimately you cannot solve, have no answers, will bring you no solutions, but they do raise your anxiety level because they keep pointing out problems. Your thoughts generally point out this problem and that problem and what if this would have happened and what should I have done or what should they have done? So there's a great video on the website, counselorscanhelp.com. Go to the resources and see this Power of the Present Moment video. It's a 35-minute presentation from Eckhart Tolle, and it walks you through these ideas. And he's a, and I'm going to say, I think he's a very peculiar person, and you'll see that very quickly in the video. Uh, but the video is, is pretty entertaining, and I think it's very full of a lot of really great information if you're interested in this concept, I think it's a great place to start. I recommend it to all my clients who are interested in this idea. And I think this idea would help them. It's a great first step for them. It's 35 minutes. You don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Um, I've seen this video. I, I couldn't even say how many times I've watched or rewatched certain parts of it because I feel it's so on point. And every time I watch it, I pick up something new. I've, I mean, I've literally seen this video 50 times is probably too much, but uh, certainly in the, in the 20 to 30 range. So I definitely believe it's a very important um, resource for you to take a look at. And so uh, that, could, that could open up an idea or thoughts about the present moment and maybe generate some questions that you can talk about with your therapist. So folks, we've talked about solving the problems in your head. And so this idea of the present moment says... Generally, that kind of thinking of trying to solve your emotions in your head, going to future and past moments is generally not effective. So the idea of the present moment is to learn to be more present and find ways to stay focused on what you're trying to do in the now, and you'll probably do less of that destructive thinking, which provides you no answers or actually no relief from your anxiety. All right, the uh, third thing I want to bring up today as far as fighting anxiety, um, I'm going to cover the reason why most people give up on our next great secret to battling anxiety. And the next great secret I'm going to talk about is meditation. And specifically, I'll start off with, with the reason why people give up on meditation or, or essentially stop doing it. So the usual first problem is someone starts doing meditation because they've been told, this is going to make me calm. It's going to fix my anxiety. So I guess I'll meditate. Uh, find something on the web or uh, whatever, a resource, and sit down and attempt to do it. And they think they're doing it right. But it only takes a minute or two in, and their brain is full of all kinds of thoughts. And then they start to wonder, am I really doing this right? I don't even know what I'm doing. Um, this seems like a waste of time. And it's not too much longer. 
they walk away from it and they quit going, I don't even understand meditation. It just seems weird. And I don't think it's ever going to help me. I'm not a good meditator. They will, they will sort of believe about, about themselves. So there are some great places to find resources on meditation. I personally use Headspace. Um, again, you can see that on the resources page on my website. You can just type in Headspace into any search engine. Uh, they'll take you to their page. They have a great YouTube, free YouTube page that you can reference, and there's a lot of content on there. Um, and they do a good job of just talking about the basics of what meditation is and trying to walk you through, um, trying to answer your questions there. And they have very many types of meditations and uh, levels, I guess, uh, if you say, Hey, I'm a, I'm a beginner. I don't really understand this. I mean, they have uh, meditations for you to do there. Uh, meditate. The headspace app is a subscription service and it will cost you some money. So, uh, if you're hesitant about that, I would check out their YouTube page, which is free and you can get a sense of whether you want to want to jump in. And I think they have some, some free amounts of time that you can use the subscription, the subscription itself and then get a sense of whether you want to continue with that. There are a lot of meditation resources on the web. Really, it's just a question of finding the right one for you. You don't have to pay for them generally, but you got to know what you're looking for. Again, a therapist can help you figure out what is the best meditation for you and help you nail down, okay, what is that best resource that matters for you? Or maybe there's some ways you can learn to do it independently. There's a lot of options when it comes to meditation. And so don't, don't sour on, I tried it once and it didn't work for me. Um, so, so keep up your, your attitude, I guess, on that. So let me get into the reason why, the main reason why people step away from meditation. One, it does take a little bit of time. Not much. We're talking five or ten minutes in a day. You could do more. But what happens in meditation is a person generally, the what we call mindfulness meditation, there will be a person speaking to you and talking to you about um, breathing deeply or you know counting your breaths or just feeling you know sensations in your body. Essentially, they're talking about very present moment things. There's nothing more present than you noticing your breath or noticing certain things happening in your body or, or physical sensations around you, hearing things around you. That is very present moment. Why meditation tends to calm people down is because it slows the brain down. It slows down all the thoughts about all this other stuff and you wind up being more focused on the present, which is generally not nearly as anxiety inducing it's generally not very complicated. It's quite simple. And in, its, in the best outcome of meditation, generally, people say, hey, I feel more clear. I feel more able to focus. I feel more calm. I feel less anxious. And so you would say, well, that's great. I want a piece of that. But every time I start to do meditation, I just start thinking all kinds of thoughts and it doesn't work for me. So here's, here's where folks get it wrong and, and, and why it takes a little bit of understanding of what you're trying to do because meditation is bringing you to the present moment. And because likely you're not very good at that. Most humans are not, um, if we're being honest, if you're not very good at staying present, what will happen almost immediately is you will start having thoughts about everything. Uh, what you're going to have for lunch, what your boss wants you to do next week, what happened to you four years ago. Um, just, a rush of thoughts can start wanting to 
be a front and center in your mind because that's what you're used to doing. You've never sat down most likely and just tried to be quiet and, and tried to quiet your mind in a way that meditation does. You've never done that before likely. So if you're always on your phone, you're always on the go, you're always doing something, um, this is a very unusual thing for you. And so your mind is going to want to jump in and say, hey, we need to be doing something. We need to be doing something productive. And so in the middle of all that, you may wind up going, God, all I got is a to-do list in my head of the stuff I need to be doing. I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing. The next thought in my head is I'm doing this all wrong. I'm going to quit. Well, what I'm here to tell you is you're doing it right. Part of the beauty of meditation is you're teaching yourself to recognize when you've left the present moment. So you're there doing a specific task, trying to meditate and focus on present moment things. Meanwhile, your brain is trying to run away and take you off of that. Your job in that moment is just to simply notice that you have left the present and to just come back, come back to your breaths, come back to whatever it is that you were doing in the meditation. And it's very likely you will do this a series of times in a five or 10 minute period. Very likely. And those that it happens to quite a lot think mistakenly, meditation isn't for me. I don't know how to do this. I'm doing it wrong. It doesn't work for me. When really you're actually doing it quite right. And all you're asked to do is just bring yourself back to the present. The more you do this, the more you'll actually start to notice. And if you put a focus on being present in your life, you will start to notice more and more how often you leave the present. Meditation is helping you with that. It's helping you through the, the mechanics of that by noticing you're drifting in the middle of meditation and bringing yourself back. You're actually doing it correct. When you daydream in the middle of meditation and you bring yourself back to the present, you've actually done the thing you're trying to do. Yes, it would be wonderful if you could just stay focused on something continually, um, but most likely you're not going to do that. Most likely you are going to drift mentally and that's okay. That's all part of the process. It's, it's fine and in fact encouraged to catch yourself drifting off, come back to the present and you've just done a little, I call it little mental mind curls, if you will, if you're lifting weights, you know, working on your arm strength, you're working on your mental strength of catching yourself, leaving the present, daydreaming, thinking about something else, not on the thing that you're actually intending to focus on. This is something you probably need help with. This is something we all can do better and work on. Um, it is a human um, bad habit that we all have, and the folks that have less trouble with anxiety are much better at doing this skill, and that is to bring themselves back to the present moment. So if you're starting out with meditation, and I started this particular, uh, the third step here is the reason why most people give up on meditation is because they think they're doing it wrong. Their mind goes crazy with thoughts and what they don't realize is that is exactly the thing that we are targeting and they're never really explained that part. They're no, they don't really understand what they're doing with meditation. It seems kind of uh, out there. And so what I'm saying is that bringing yourself back to the present over and over again is exactly part of the process. You are doing it correctly. You are, you will over time make progress with that, but initially it can seem a little bit, um, uh, shocking, I guess. 
as to how much your mind drifts in that silence, in that quiet. So what meditation can help with ultimately with anxiety is bringing yourself back to the present, slowing your mind down, realizing that you're filling it full of thoughts that are not helpful and allowing your mind to be much more quiet. That is ultimately the goal of, in this discussion, anxiety and how meditation can help you with that. Uh, there are other ways to meditate, which I will cover in the next segment of anxiety. And, and that's what's called effortless mindfulness. Um, it's a great resource that I ran into, which is a slightly different way to meditate that I think most people actually prefer if they really do it and they really try it. So I will introduce that next show and uh, give you some resources to learn about that as well. Okay, so these are all great ways to get started. Um, our next show will turbocharge this with how to tie these things together. So I'm going to take some of these concepts and then start to put them into what you would do in the therapy room, um, how this would all get put together, and how going to see a counselor can help you with anxiety. Um, it's not about solving your problems per se. It's about tr for you to optimize how your brain works in many ways. And the great benefit of that is also to lower uh, mental distress, essentially. Uh, the bonus tip that I offered at the start of this show um, is a book. If you're a self-help person, then um, this is a great resource that will get into ultimately a lot of the things that I talk about. And it's called the Mindfulness and Acceptance Workbook for Anxiety. Uh, this is a great resource uh, one that I have used and referenced uh, over the time of, of my being a therapist. Uh, the full name is the Mindfulness and Acceptance Workbook for Anxiety, a guide to breaking free from anxiety, phobias, and worry using acceptance and commitment therapy. So you're going to find or most likely have looked. There are a lot of books out there on anxiety. Some of them better than others, let's say. Uh, some of them are full of technical jargon. Some of them do not have a, um, I guess, a great presence of presenting the information. This is a workbook that's actually meant for you, the person who's out there trying to be a self-helper, who's trying to work on their own stuff. So the book is, this workbook is presented in that way. There's actually been studies on this workbook specifically on does it actually help? Um, it does, and it has been shown that this book actually helps. If that's all the person does is just goes through this workbook, uh, it's been clinically shown that this workbook can actually help. So the bottom line there is that's a great resource for you to learn more about these things as I talk through them, place to go with questions about things that I mentioned. It's a great anxiety resource book. All right, so that's all on anxiety for today. Some, again, some great resources for you to start. Uh, next show, we will cover more on anxiety and name the number one mistake made when fighting anxiety. Ooh, this is a big one. I see it all the time. Again, go to counselorscanhelp.com. And the other thing I would say is shoot me a note if you have questions or concerns about anything. And um, the last really important thing that you can do is, is send this show along to a friend. Be a part of that chain of helping someone where it's a simple act of just saying, hey, maybe check out this show or specifically a, a specific idea that you know the person is, is struggling with and allow them to take this information in and, and hopefully another fan of the show and, and just the, the, the cycle continues. You passing it along is a great way to make that happen and keep that process going. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next time to talk more about anxiety on Counselors Can Help. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. 
We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself or a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Pink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.